0: Hop in and welcome aboard. It's your boy once again, Lance Fernandez, and welcome to episode 3 of the Limahan Basketball Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything Philippine basketball be it professional basketball, semi-pro basketball, collegiate basketball, three-on-three basketball, and everything else in between about basketball under the sun in the Philippine Islands. And you'll be with me for the next half hour as we discuss uh, the five hottest topics in Philippine basketball today. And we start off with somebody who is actually getting a nod for a head coaching stint, not in the UAAP, but on a bigger stage. Uh, if you remember before Norman Black took over as uh, head coach of the Ateneo Blue Eagles, Sandy Arespacochaga held the fort for one season and actually did well in his coaching uh, head coaching stint. However, uh, he has been a long-time deputy uh, for the Blue Eagles, has uh, served under seven uh, head coaches and is currently satisfied with his job. He's also uh, one of the deputies of Uh, Yang Yao for uh, the NLX uh, Road Warriors in the PBA but now um, he's getting the nod as the head coach of the Batang Gilas which I think is uh, a a great move because uh, being um, in a winning program for so long uh, bids well to uh, his uh, knowledge and his respect of the game and of course Uh, Coming from collegiate basketball, we're in um, majority of your strategy and majority of your uh, planning. is about uh, teaching the uh, fundamentals, correcting what is wrong uh, with uh, player tendencies. I guess this is a a good move to have someone who is focused on uh, fundamentals, focused on training the players themselves. And have uh, him in control of um, the basketball program for the under-16 and the under-19. I guess uh, that's a big boost uh, for the improvement of the program. And not only that, uh, he was able to assemble a great coaching staff that will serve with him for the Philippines for SVP. Uh, He had Goldwyn Monteverde who uh, just uh, recently won a championship with uh, the NU uh, Bow pops defeating uh, Kai Soto and Ateneo uh, Blue Eaglets. Of course, uh, there's also Charles Chu uh, who served uh, in the PBA, uh, also serving for the College of St. Benield. And uh, if you remember, he was the head coach of the Mighty Sports team that won a uh, bronze in the Dubai Invitational. And Aras Chago also brought in Ryan Betia and Anton Altamirano, great uh, scouts. Who can uh, find talents uh, around uh, the the country? Uh, not just around the country, but also uh, players from overseas who has Filipino blood who are eligible eligible rather to play for the country. And uh, of course, we know Anton is uh, the son of uh, the great coach Eric Altamirano, the head of the NBTC. So as long as uh, this connection stays um, the the scouting of the talent um, is stable it won't be as hard because there's a lot of talent going in but it's a matter of filtering uh, which among um, the great ones are the best the ones that will shine not just in uh, the UAAP junior stage or the NCAA junior stage but more importantly in the international stage So this is an exciting development for uh, the basketball program of the Philippines. Of course, uh, the seniors team is uh, still uh, in close tie-up with the PBA and the SVP. But at least um, we can start uh, a better grassroots program for Philippine basketball with Arespa Chaga at the helm for the under-16 and the under-19. We can only hope that he and his coaching staff will be able to um, lead the teams to great showings. Uh, The FIBA Under-16 Asian Championship and the FIBA Under-19 World Cup uh, that will both happen this year. The Under-19 will uh, be in Greece and the Under-16 will also be played later this year. And... This is a good hire. I approve it, and good things are uh, things are looking up for um, the 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 supply chain, so to speak, of Philippine basketball. As we speak, the Community Basketball Association or the CBA are playing their doubleheader Sunday at the Thoa Wild Center Gym in Valenzuela City. In the first game, the Caloocan Saints will go up against uh, the Bulacan Heroes who share a lead of uh, the standings in the North Division. That uh, battle happened at 1 p.m. and at 3 p.m. it will be uh, the Valenzuela Zival Express And the Quezon City Capitals Two teams that would like to improve their standing In the Northern Division as well So you can watch uh, the CBA Or the Community Basketball Association Via the Glitter page on Facebook That's Glitter You can also watch a delayed telecast at IBC 13 From 6 to 9 in the evening That's IBC Channel 13 Community Basketball Association Founders Cup Now even though our uh, podcast is titled limahan uh we will not limit ourselves to five on five basketball because whenever there are major developments in any other form of basketball for the country then might as well cover it and speaking of um, other forms of basketball as we all know um two teams uh from the philippines will compete in the fiba 3x3 world tour at Doha in Qatar uh, later this year. Um, It's a great initiative, first things first, from um, the the Samahang Basketball ng Pilipinas and uh, backed by Chooks2Go, who has become the main sponsor of uh, the 3-on-3 tournament here in the Philippines. Uh, They've been um, bringing the action through different venues to different malls and um, just uh, bring the bring the excitement to more people, make uh, 3x3 basketball more known in the country because we've been used to 5-on-5 basketball. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to uh, improve our standing in, um, in, in this form of uh, competition. And two teams will compete at Doha. Of course, the champions, uh, the winners of the Million Dollar Peso Tournament, uh, the Passy Grindhouse Kings uh, Are one of the teams that uh, Will fly to Doha And compete with the world's best However, their uh, Roster has been revised a bit So Joshua Munson One of their better players Is still part of the Grindhouse Kings That will compete in Doha And Taylor Statham is also there But Troy Reich won't uh, Be included Because um, they will be bringing in uh, Reinforcements Nikola Pavlović and Angelo Shagarakis. So they will uh, reinforce, bolster the, ch- the, the passing uh, Chooks to go team's hopes to try to shock their opponents because uh, their, their um, combatants in their group are not pushovers. They were grouped uh, with uh, the best 3-on-3 team in the world, which is uh, Lehman of Serbia. And of course, the the host team from Qatar uh, called Team Qatara. So, uh, they will be up for some uh, grueling battles. Um, It will be a grind, of course, as always. For any 3 and 3 competition, it will be a grind. And we can only hope that they will do great. Um, The entire nation will be supporting uh, these guys, cheering for them. And of course, the Filipino community in Doha um, will uh, be in full support of... uh, these players who will carry the flag of course it's just one team there's another team that uh, will compete for uh, the philippines and that is the balanga chooks to go team so uh, this is composed of some of the players of the pataan risers and the mpbl and they will be bringing in carl dehesa of course uh, used to be uh, a pro in the pba who played for phoenix And also, Leonard Santi Santillan, of course, the former uh, De La Salle Green Archer. And Alvin Pasaol, one of uh, the the better scorers that we have in UAAP um, when he suited up for the UE Red Warriors. And they will be reinforced by Travis Franklin. That will will be their big guy for Team Balanga. And uh, they will be grouped with uh, Riga Ghetto of Latvia. Um, which is also no pushover given that they're the third best 3x3 team in the world and their other um, competitor in the group is also uh, a tough one number six team in the world Moscow Inanomo so uh, they will be facing an uphill climb as well but we're very excited that finally, after years of not being able to compete in the 3X3 world stage, the Philippines will be sending in two teams. So that's twice the action and twice the fun. Um, we are all hoping and praying that they can shock their um, formidable opponents. But for now, um, since that we are making baby steps in this form of competition, this is a good um, indication that uh, 3X3 basketball in the Philippines is gaining baby strides. And continually improving and you can only hope that in the near future uh, we'll do better and um, have one of the best 3x3, 3x3 teams in the world constantly playing at the FIBA stage. The NBL or the National Basketball League will also have their doubleheader today, Sunday, April 14, 2019 at the Brent C. Giao Convention Center in Pampanga. In the first game at 4 p.m., it will be the Iriga City-Oragons versus the Bulacan Starks. And at 6 p.m., it's the home team, the Pampanga Delta, facing the Das Marinas Ballers. You can watch these games on BTV. You can also watch replays at Solar Sports. You can also watch live via the NBL page on Facebook, YouTube channel of Net25, and eaglenewslive.com. NBL ang tahanan ng tunay na homegrown. And now we proceed to another uh, league in the Philippines, one of the fastest rising leagues, the semi-pro league called the MPBL or the Maharlika Pilipinas Basketball League, who is currently at its final stage for the MPBL Daru Cup. And we have two able teams, the San Juan Knights and the Davao Occidental Tigers. The San Juan Knights won game one shockingly um, and convincingly. However, the Tigers were able to even the tally at one game apiece by winning game number two. What What did they do great in that game? First things first, they were able to neutralize the players who killed them in game one. As we all know, John Wilson had 21 points in uh, San Juan's uh, Game 1 victory, but he only had 4 in Game number 2. Also, Mac Cardona had 16 in Game 1, and he only produced half of it in Game number 2. So, um, limiting the production of these two uh, ABLE scorers to just 12 points is a big plus for Uh, Davao's cause for the second game. However, even though Davao was able to control majority of the game, San Juan was still able to uh, keep the game close uh, thanks to their shock troopers, the likes of Ion, Aion Aion and Larry Rodriguez, who carried the team especially in the fourth quarter. It just so happened that uh, they were not able to complete the comeback. They came to within like four points. And then Davao responded with a mini-run of their own and they never looked back. And looking at uh, the stats for that game, um, it's pretty uh, convincing that uh, Davao was able to dominate in the free-throw shooting. That's a very big plus for them. Uh, Davao converted 20 free-throws out of 25 attempts and um, that is uh, a big part of their win especially uh, down the stretch when San Juan was uh, committing uh, fouls to stop the game clock and they were able to convert majority of their free throws in contrast uh, San Juan only had 9 of 18 which is 50% as compared to the 80% of Davao so that's a that's a big advantage for the Tigers That helped them um, even the tally at one game apiece. Uh, Steals, though, came to San Juan's advantage 12-5. to And I guess it helped them um, regain their composure when they were uh, chopping the lead and possibly stealing one again uh, in Davao. But it wasn't meant to be. Davao was able to uh, hold its fort. Uh, going into San Juan with uh, one win. So now what they have to do is uh, follow the script that San Juan did in Game 1, which is uh, steal one victory away. I mean, it's not easy given that San Juan is a a formidable team and a great team at home. They only lost once at the Phil Oil Flying V Center. And uh, aside from that, they've been... um, pretty consistent team at home so the the hometown crowd will also be raucous will also be loud especially when the ball is in Davao's hands and they will be cheering uh, boldly for the team so those are uh, the handicaps coming into game three for the Tigers but if they are to salvage this championship because uh, San Juan can run the table for the next two games and hoist the trophy already without the series going back to Davao for a 5th game. So that's what uh, Coach Don Dulay, his coaching staff and uh, the rest of the Tigers have to do. Um, follow the script that San Juan did in Game 1. And this will uh, turn out to be an even more exciting MPBL Data Cup Final Series that is really living up to the expectations. PBA D League action heads to the JCSGO gym in Cubao this Monday, April 15, with the AMA Online Education going up against Patanga's EAC Generals at 1 p.m. and at 3 p.m. it's Go for Gold CSB versus the Chelu Bar and Grill team. PBA D League: the road to the PBA starts here. And speaking of the PBA. The first games of uh, the respective semi-final matchups for the PBA Philippine Cup have been played already and uh, as we all know, Rain or Shine um, survived uh, a gritty and grinding first game against the Magnolia Hotshots Pambansang Manok. It was a low scoring ball game to begin with, uh, with uh, Rain or Shine winning by 7 points, 84-77. And uh, JV Mokon providing the spark off the bench, especially in the second and third quarters, uh, to come up with 15 points and 10 rebounds in only 22 minutes of action. And going into a deep dive of the team stats, actually Magnolia had a better shooting percentage than Rain or Shine uh, throughout the game. Magnolia was able to shoot the ball at a 41% clip while Rain or Shine only had 34%. However, there are some telling stats that would indicate the story uh, of the game. One being turnovers. Rain Shine only had 12 the entire game. That's a great indication of taking care of the basketball and not letting the opponent have more opportunities in scoring. Because 12 in one game in 48 minutes, that's something to applaud on. In contrast... Magnolia had double of that, 24, and that enabled Rainer shine to dominate in the second half. They had a 13 to 5 advantage in second chance points. And points of turnovers off the 24 turnovers of uh, Magnolia, the Alaska painters were able to score 26 points as compared to only nine. For the hotshots. So that's a big discrepancy that aided the, uh, the wards of Coach Galoy Garcia to, to draw first blood in their first uh, best of seven series, rather. So it seems like this would be the tone by which the semifinal series will be played. It will be a low scoring, defensive oriented series. It will be a, a grit and grind battle between Rain or Shine and Magnolia for the rest of the way and um this is the style that is um that both teams are accustomed to rather and um it will turn out to be uh, a close and interesting series um, it's uh it's possible that it can go the distance uh but given how uh, the first game turned out if rain or shine can uh keep the pressure on the defensive end and force uh, Magnolia to continue to commit a lot of turnovers. Uh, They can convert them into points and not let Magnolia have any chance of a final stint once again. Of course, uh, Magnolia also had a consolation that um, James Yap did not have a great game to begin with. He only had 8 points. Just imagine if he scored Uh, 13 or uh, his usual average then this lead would have been bigger also Magnolia seems to have a problem with their uh, two guard rotation because um, they don't seem to know who to start they're still tinkering with their roster Um, they've tried Robbie Herndon Um, Herndon didn't work this game he didn't show much he had seven rebounds with no points. Uh, Peter Jun Simón started the game, but uh, unfortunately, he was not able to produce any points as well. So that seems to be a missing link in uh, Magnolia's uh, starting rotation. Uh, it would be interesting how coach Chito Victoriano would adjust uh, to what happened in Game 1. Uh, possibly start Paul D right away. And... Uh, put put out his best five um, right from the tip off uh, but whatever adjustments they need to do um, I guess first and foremost it would have to be taking care of the basketball because um, if they don't have the basketball they cannot execute plays which lead to scores it's as simple as that so they have to do a better job in um, handling the ball distributing the ball well And um, running their offense smoothly so as not to let uh, Rain or Shine uh, get a lot of second chance points and a lot of steals that can eventually um, steal the victory away from Magnolia. Let's play good news and bad news. good news was that the Phoenix Pulse Fuel Masters were able to limit Junmar Fajardo to just 9 points in their PBA Philippine Cup semi-final matchup. Bad news was they were not able to limit the other Beermen. As we all know, San Miguel's roster runs deep that any one of them can score double digits at any given time, depending on how their opponents would play them defensively. Just imagine their bench. You have Terrence Romeo, who is a two-time PBA scoring champion, uh, now doing bench duties, um, accepting a limited role, being that spark uh, from from the bench mob. And Of course, uh, substituting Fajardo is Christian Stan Hardinger. Um, so there's no um, reduction in talent there. Well, I could stop there, but you have... Uh, the likes of Bon Pesumal and Kelly Nabong He can also light up the scoreboard If need be However um, The people who shone yesterday the, uh, the, the ones who excelled um, Were Alex Kabagnot Who had 26 points And a lot of 3-pointers Also Chris Ross converted a couple Or a number of 3-pointers And also Mar- Marshall Lasseter Phoenix actually did a good job in the first quarter. They were able to contain the pace. They were able to run the floor. And um, San Miguel looked winded by uh, chasing them all over the, uh, the, the, the court. That's why they had um, uh, a six-point lead by the end of the first quarter. However, things turned around by the second period with the Beermen controlling the pace of the game. Um, they are more confined to uh, run a half court offense and that's what happened they slowed down the game um, worked uh, on the approach that they are um, known to be great at and um, that uh, placed Phoenix uh, at a discomfort that they were uh, were not used to uh, running um, half court sets especially that um, there's a huge height discrepancy against san miguel they had a hard time attacking the interior especially when you had the likes of fajardo arwin santos and even stan hardinger manning the the, the paint uh, the shaded area although phoenix uh, tried the uh, one last uh, gash to salvage the game in the fourth quarter they were down 22 points but they were able to trim it down to single digits, nine points. But uh, that was all they wrote because uh, Calvin Aueba, Um had a ba- had a bad day on the free throw line. They uh, he got um, he got a number of fouls from the beermen. They were able to force San Miguel into penalty early in the fourth quarter. However, they were not able to capitalize on their free throw attempts, especially the beast. Who had uh, a subpar performance at the free throw line. Just imagine if um, he was able to convert uh, half of his misses. We would be talking a different ball game possibly. Um, They would have uh, to overhaul a manageable lead uh, with uh, time running out. And who knows? They might have stolen game one. If only they were uh, sharp uh, in taking their free throw shots. So... Those are the adjustments that Phoenix have to do. Of course, they need to practice their free throws because um, you won't get as much uh, opportunities from a formidable lineup like San Miguel. And you have to make the most of every opportunity given to you, be it from the free throw line, be it uh, in transition, or be it in the half court set. Of course, they have to control the pace. They have to quicken the pace. They have to run the floor. If need be, they have to rotate their, um, their roster in the court every four or five minutes just so to keep uh, fresh legs playing for Phoenix, uh, playing for Coach Luy Alas uh, throughout the game. Uh, that would um, unsettle the beer men because they're not used to running the floor. Uh, they're good at uh, the half-court execution. That's where that's their bread and butter. Um, so the Fuel Masters have to uh, be on full throttle with their offense. Just run the floor, go in transition, um, get as many fast-break fast break points as they can. And that could um, be the difference for them winning the game, uh, tying the, the, the count at one game apiece. Or possibly going um, down two games before the Holy Week break kicks in. So the Fuel Masters would need to retool their game, not forget uh, where they're good at, and uh, that would uh, keep them tit for tat with uh, the four time uh, PBA Philippine Cup champions, uh, defending champions rather, the San Miguel Bierman. And we've come to the end of another episode of the Limahan Basketball Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. If you would like to leave your messages or your comments or suggestions, please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash limahanpodcast. That's facebook.com slash limahanpodcast. And we will try our best to reply to all of your message as soon as possible. Also, pretty soon enough, Our podcast will also be available in other publishing platforms Such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify We'll let you know once uh, Limahan will be available in these um, listening avenues And we're very excited once uh, we get the notification That they're already up and going in those bigger platforms Until then, this has been Lance Fernandez saying Life's a ball, do not settle until the final score